welcome to Beatdown, a musical battle royale. I'm your host, writer, podcaster, Code Monkey Josh Brunell, and joining me on the podcast of this week, she's an artist, she's an event planner, and she's proud to be an American where at least she knows she's free. She's Jennifer Lane, everybody. Good evening, <laughs> Jennifer. Good evening, Josh. And he's a chemist, he's a writer, and he's just tied a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. Everybody, this is Ed. How are you doing, Ed? I'm doing good. I'm also possibly the world's newest uh, Alexa owner. So. Oh my. Ooh. <laughs> the Amazon Alexa. Have you asked her to tell you a joke yet? Oh, oops. <gasps> oh, Alexa's I, talking. I, <laughs> she's name. talking to you. She's always listening, Ed. <laughs> I speaketh your name. So, <laughs> so what made you choose the Alexa over the Google Home? I don't know anything about Google Home. Oh, okay. To be, oh. To be frank. Yeah. I mean, I know it existed, and I was at Best Buy with my $50 in, in gift cards. And I was like, but I, I already know what a Echo, a, Echo, Echo <laughs> could do. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't quite know what a Google Home could do. Yeah. So that was, they, that, that was... Apparently, that was they do mostly the same things, well, but uh, the Alexa has more gadgets. I guess it's technically an Echo, but yeah, yeah. the Echo has more like like widgets and, and apps that you can use, whereas the Google Home apparently doesn't have quite as many. We use our, you know, because it's a music podcast, we use our Alexa to mostly play music. Yes. And I super love like on a Friday morning, I'll play like Lover Boys working for the weekend uh, <laughs> or Friday. Just so Rebecca he can Black. dance for me. You know, it's... I, I, I do like that kind of on demand, like while I'm getting dressed in the morning, be like, Alexa, play such and such. Yes. And for me, it's like, Alexa, what time is it? Because I can't find my phone <laughs> to find out how late I'm running for work. But it's funny. Well, there, there's lots of videos that you can watch, but I've seen people do side by side comparisons. And it's, you know, for the most part, uh, I think the Echo came out on top. But Google is going to have a lot more of its, um, you know, the analytics and stuff like that, that they're going to have more access yeah. to. Uh, in the future, yeah. I think but as far right as music now, and everything yeah. goes, yeah. And they're all going to play Spotify, which at the end of the day, right, Ed? You've got your Alexa to play Spotify. Yeah, I got my Alexa to play Spotify, and, <laughs> and uh, he keeps jumping because she keeps responding. And, and uh, yeah, I got, I got, I got to play Spotify. I got it to play Audible. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I just got to so, get it fixed, hooked up to my podcast because that will be my dream. Because if like I'm doing housework or dishes or something, it's just so nice to not have to like dry my hands or clean my hands to like change something over. Just to be able to call out a command is pretty amazing. But be nice to her; she's always listening. She's a sentient being living in your home. Oh God! Exactly. I'm just so excited to like just enough to to list a Spotify command to mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I fall back asleep. And don't forget to play Jeopardy every I night. You'll feel wait. really smart. Oh, yes. You can play Jeopardy on the Alexa. That is entertaining. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll check it out. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we are here for a beatdown wherein we choose a theme and each of us brings a song that we feel is the ultimate representation of that theme. Uh, we will present our picks, make our case, and then you, the listener, will vote on who you think it brought it best and reigns supreme in the beatdown. This week, our topic is songs about independence. But before we can get to that, we have to talk about last week. Our topic was chill out songs. Uh, Jennifer brought Sia's t- television horrific breathe me uh wow <laughs> ed brought uh the on the dark side night call by london grammar but it was me 
uh, who <sighs> took the chilled out trophy, the chilled out title with Bittersweet Drive's Better Days. Uh, I was super excited to play Bittersweet mm-hmm. Drive on the show. So uh, that was super exciting. And uh, I was glad it got to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually at this point, I'd ask the question or the guest a question. Uh, and since we don't have the guest to ask a question of, I'm just going to say, Ed, let's talk about this. the new single by the killers um i'm not a big killers fan i think i kind of cared about hot fuss a little bit mm-hmm. i think just because it was kind of novel it kind of cast back to a certain industrial 80s goth which i found intriguing um i really didn't care too much for like their bob dylan bruce springsteen period and then after that brendan flowers just went on his own thing i don't know why i like this so much there, there's like I, I cannot wrap my head around why I like this song so much. Ed, you, I t- sent it to you last week, and then you tweeted that you got quite a kick. I think of the drums is what you said. The bass. The bass. Okay, so tell me, Ed, what is the deal with this song? I think it like has all the glitz and glamour that Hut Fuss plus the like driving melodies from their Sam's Town era, and it just like culminates in like this like euphoric awesomeness i think almost in a way that that like panic at the disco takes its um really strong lyrics in from their pretty odd period to their theatrics in uh fever you can't uh you can't sweat they're like can this is like the culmination of their life's works so it's interesting because I don't think, yeah, I would say the lyrics on this are very strong. I think if I have any challenge with it, it doesn't sound like the killers to me. Mm-hmm. So it's, no, it, hard, it's weird well, for me it, to say, like, I like this song. Town era killers. That's what I'm saying. It's like it has it has oh. that melody, that storytelling, but it has the glitz and the glamour of hot fuss. 
Interesting. That's really interesting. Okay, I can kind of see that. Yeah, I think I had tweeted that it sounds like Arcade Fire to me meets 80s Rolling Stones, like with the kind of choir and the, the, the like guitar solo in the center is really 80s Rolling Stones. They also throw in a lot of like kind of the... the um, uh, the the robot voice that has to be in all music right mm. now. You have to have like kind of that vocoder effect in there at some point. I don't know why that is, but uh, yeah, there's just I don't know. We were listening to this on the drive, yeah. and we were just like, "This is so fun! I love this song." Yeah, it's got like that really fun disco funk beat going, and that's it too. It's, I it's, love a disco funk. Yeah, yes. it's it's. I mean, to me, that's like the part that really comes out because when you first played it, I was like. Well, this sounds familiar, but I don't know it. Yeah, it's true. It does kind of sound immediately familiar. It also, I think Brendan Flowers is singing better on this song. I didn't know he could sing this well when he seems to have been kind of playing it. Yeah, he's kind of been trying to do like the the folk rock thing for a little while. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Ed, you you, uh, mentioned that I know Hot Fuss was a really big record for you and that the last couple years you've kind of drifted away from the killer. Why was that? It just wasn't as fun anymore. It, like, that was, like, to me, Hot Fuss is, like, fun with a serious bite. And then all of a sudden, it just, like, stopped being fun. It was just serious bite and no, like, the melodies weren't as strong. Like, I didn't really, really like, like, I'm trying to think, like, I liked Read My Mind, but it wasn't, like, great. I liked Human, but I, it wasn't great. But Hot Fuzz was just, like, the right... Like, I love the driving guitars. I love the synths. It was, like, it really... For me, The Killer's first record with, was, like, synths in a rock band. Here it is. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, that I think it lost that. It's, like, they learned how to write, like, Bruce Springsteen and forgot how to have fun. That That's actually really true, I think. <laughs> like... You know, uh, are we human or are we dancer is just not very fun. Yeah, uh, a lot of that stuff. That's really interesting. Uh, well, that is the new singers by the kill, new single by the Killers. Uh, I do like this quote. Uh, the drummer Ronnie Venucci Jr. said that the song lyrics were quote largely about how when we were younger we felt invincible. What it meant to be a quote man in your twenties, sort of, uh, sort of your chest out, the breadwinner, nothing could stop you, invincible sort of thing. The song is a tongue in cheek meaning that how that is really not the point of what being a man is at all. Hmm. And I, I like that. It's kind of like, I'm the man I've got money in the bank and gas in the tank. Like that's all he's really got to say. Uh, I had this conversation with Brett, who's a, a, been a, a guest on the show a couple times. And he's like, it's supposed to be a joke, right? They're not serious. And I'm like, Oh no, they're totally not serious. <laughs> Those was a really kind of fun music video uh, set in old, like very old Las Vegas. It's kind of like a oh. 1980s Las Vegas setting oh, cool. uh, worth check checking out, out. Uh, again, starring Brendan Fraser or Brendan flowers. Wow. Brendan flowers. <laughs> Well, that is the new single, The Man by the Killers. We are here to talk about songs of independence. And independence seems to be a really recurring theme in music. I think, one, because popular music is so... it's really made by people that are kind of paving a path you know musicians mm-hmm. don't tend to be like uh, uh quiet simple folk or or you know path followers they kind of blaze their own trail they're they're you know used to uh seeking out uh different creative avenues mm. to express themselves and not follow the the traditional 
course that other people do. And and Jennifer, a lot of people actually find their independence through music, you know, not mm-hmm. only as musicians, but, um, you know, in listening to music, they find like the soundtrack to their independence or oh. in the case of like, you know, punk kids uh, yeah. in the in the 80s and 90s. I mean, really, like when you think of like punk and metal that is largely a lot of people that are like using their music to find an identity that is independent from what they were given from their parents, mm-hmm. except for those random people whose parents were like really into bad brains back in the day. <laughs> or uh, if you were the child of Frank Zappa. <laughs> yes, exactly. Did did you find your kind of youthful independence in hmm. music or even as you grew older? Well, actually, I would say probably when I was in high school, um, I realized that I wasn't really interested in the same songs that were played on the radio. I mean, yeah, like, yes, I grew up, you know, with Madonna and Prince, of course, and, and um, you know, Janet Jackson. But I always kind of felt like, oh, okay, this is music. This is what music is supposed to be. And it wasn't until I got a little bit older and I actually worked in a record store one summer and I I realized that there was more than top 40 out there mm. and um, just meeting different people and, you know, listening to what they listened to, what influenced them, what drove them, what inspired them. Um, I think that that came that kind of like high school or college for me. So, uh, yeah, it was just it was just kind of fun to to find a, a sound that really that I identified with um, that wasn't the you know, a, a traditional pop songs, which yeah, I still enjoy. Yeah, something enjoyed. that belonged to you. Like yeah, you something found that, something yeah, that, that was it, just something that I identified with, whether it was the, the beat or the lyrics or just, you know, the offbeat nature of it. Um, yeah, that was something that it was, it was an exciting time for me to, to be in a position where I had all of this stuff at my fingertips. Because again, this is, you know, pre, <laughs> pre-internet, pre-Spotify, pre-any of these things. So everything you found, you had to find physically. And, you know, I spent a lot of times in the rec- a lot of hours in the record store, like sorting out um, bins and, and just discovering stuff and opening up stuff. It was really fun because I just yeah. open up stuff and say it got returned as damage, oh, <laughs> but wow. I'd play it in the store <laughs> and then to make a copy of it and then bring it back. There, there was a lot of power as a younger person in in finding a record, you know, mm-hmm. and discovering something that kind of belonged to you. It was it oh, was yeah. intangible, but it belonged to you, and your parents didn't get it, mm-hmm. and it kind of like there was a great deal of independence in that. Ed, I don't know what kind of music your your parents had in the house as you were growing up, or if there was any kind of music. Did you? See use music as a way to kind of define your independence Uh, and even today it seems like you are very much kind of listening to things that not a lot of people are listening to is is independence a part of that pursuit for you i think it is like um when i think back to what my family was listening to uh they were definitely in the 90s country Old, like uh like what would that be like Leanne Womack yeah. and mm-hmm. and Shania Twain and, and Garth Brooks and, and I have I do have an appreciation for that stuff obviously um <laughs> uh, but like it wasn't until I was like really making my own musical decisions like I remember the first like the first CD that I went and bought on my own I believe is probably Michelle Branch's spirit room, like that I that I went out to seek myself. That of wasn't a gift. It was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, 
Oh my god, yeah, sounds was it, it like very that? predictable? Oh no, it just that yeah, that seems so right. Like that just uh, seems so right knowing you. I, I I love it. I mean, it's so that's so on brand. That's what you're I, supposed I, to say. I, I when I, when I make uh, decisions throughout my life, I like to think that I make on brand decisions. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> very cool. I mean, like I loved like like there was a there was like me like I must there's like there's mystique to this city that i've always had and to me like michelle branch was like, like the like connected to like that new york lifestyle that as a indiana suburban kid i never had so wow. so yeah wow. i never thought about that she was from new york she or was she well there? like like the everywhere music video was said in her like she was like uh. pouting basically in uh in like a New York apartment taking Polaroid pictures of things, if oh. I recall correctly. And I was like, oh my God, like oh the city life is so <laughs> close, but I could have I could have a gateway into it through the C D. And okay, so and Josh, so what was your like I know the music that your parents listened to and still listen to. So <laughs> what was your It's the same John Denver record. <laughs> It is true. Not well, in some other stuff, but um, <laughs> but okay. So, but what was your like? This is my first Josh album. Like, what was yours? Because I know my first album. Like, my first album that I bought by myself was Michael Jackson's Thriller. Like that. Wow. And that's that was, a solid choice. That is it, a good choice. A solid choice. Again, I have zero problems with you know my affection for my pop side, but I know like my first. This is. You know, the first cassette that I bought that was for me, not for my friends to like, not for anybody else to listen to. It was just solely for me was Police, but it was Atlantis D'Amour. It was mm. like their first one from 78 or 79. And so I was going back and discovering stuff. So what was your first like, I'm I'm going to forge my own musical identity, Josh? I mean, that's kind of hard because I was such a rules follower as a kid. And I, I remember there was a one popular radio station in town and I was like afraid to listen to it because I thought it would kind of insult my parents. Uh, and so I would like make fun of Vanilla Ice in my head. Like his song was ubiquitous, you know, in that what, like. 90 or whatever (laughs) yeah Um, ice ice baby was ubiquitous you could not not have that song in your head and i would make up lyrics that would insult the song because i was like such a rules follower and i knew that my parents wouldn't like that type of music as far as like when i finally think i'm really trying to think of like when i found something that i didn't care what they thought you know Mm -hmm. because you weren't doing to impress anybody yeah like oh look i have the same album as you i was obsessed with motown like i was obsessed with uh, as a small kid i was obsessed with motown i was obsessed with like 50s music as a kid Mm -hmm. all wildly uncool um I, i i had like my brian adams period and these are all things that i knew my parents would approve of i think the first time i just exactly the first time i found something and i didn't care what anyone else thought was probably the first ben folds five record Uh um i remember hearing um my friend uh, uh, tom was best man at our wedding um he he played me uncle walter and i Mm. that just like changed everything i was just like and and i mean i'm like a good 15 years old as 16 years old at this point like i'm not i'm still pretty grown up but um uh, yeah, I think it was about then that I finally started to, it, it was still a lot of years before I was really exposed mm-hmm. to enough stuff to feel like this belongs to me, which is probably why I pursue it so much now. Yeah. Um, I didn't, 
I you didn't walk into anything yeah. at that at that young age. I didn't have like, oh, these are the four 90s records that I'm going to listen to until I die, <laughs> uh, which, you know, most of the people I know are still listening to that yes. first Wallflowers record because that came out when we were all 17. Um, yeah, I, I think it was I, I'm really working on it. I think it was that first Ben Folds 5 record, which is the whitest answer I can give you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, let's get into it. Uh, I mean, we are three white kids, so I mean, this is, I don't know <laughs> why why you're apologizing, but uh. well, you know, I just I just acknowledge like my heritage. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, I, I have to go first because I won last week, so I have to go first, and uh, you know, I. I was trying to think of independence and not just like independence from society. Uh, and I did a little Googling around. I'll admit sometimes I just like to Google like songs about independence and see what people come up with. And I was, I didn't want to go on like a, none of us actually went patriotic. Interestingly. Enough. Yes, we did not go. There's no political. I mean, we've, we've done the, um, Oh my gosh, we, we we did the protest songs and we've, we've talked about it before. So, I mean, I intentionally didn't go that way. And yeah, I kind of assumed we would end up going, one of us. Would. One of us would go patriotic, but nobody yeah. really went that way. Um, I uh, at the moment and, you know, to be very woke in 2017, I wanted to find a song that was about sexual independence and kind of sexual empowerment. <laughs> and I was doing a little Googling around that. And I came and I found this song, which is like um when you see this song you have to talk about it that's all it is like yeah. when you see this song on a list on the website anywhere like you have to take a moment and enjoy because it's that good do up that thing by Ms. Lauren Hill Looking for your friend, the one you let hit it and never called you again. Remember when he told you he was about to bend your man's? You act like you ain't him, they give him a little trim to begin. Now you think you really gonna pretend like you wasn't down and you called him again. Plus, when you give it up so easy, you ain't even fooling him. If you did it then, then you probably yeah. talking out your next thing. You're a Christian, a Muslim, sleeping with the gin. Now that was the sin that did Jezebel in. Who you gonna tell when the repercussions spin? Showing off your ass because you're thinking it's a trend, girl. Friend. Let me break it down for you again. You know I only say it cause I'm truly genuine. Don't be a hard rock when you really are a gym, baby girl. Respect is just the minimum. When you still defending them now. Lauren is only human. Don't think I haven't been through the same predicament. Let it sit inside your head like a million women in Philly pen. It's silly when girls sell their souls because of sin. Look at where you be in. Hair weaves like Europeans. Fake nails done by Koreans. Come again. So that's do up that thing by Lauren Hill. Now she goes by Ms. Lauren Hill. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you all just nodded your head and danced around to how great that is. You got like literally, I think 
two chords on that piano riff and they're the best two chords you've ever heard that bass line is so hot like the doo-wop in the back of this is so great i you can't say enough about lauren hill in the 90s she was in the fugees um she then did one solo record and then kind of another solo record which isn't really worth listening to it's like i think it's an acoustic like unplugged record um the miseducation of lauren hill is just one of the greatest r&b hip-hop things ever i mean it's so rare to have a singer that she wrote and produced this song she wrote produced performed this song she can sing unreal she can rap unreal i love how vulnerable she is where she'll like run out of breath and they don't edit it she just goes like she just miss a couple words and then pick it up in the next phrase and just keep going like there's so much good stuff in this song uh and uh yeah what what were you showing me jennifer oh yeah so i brought up the lyrics um and they have this little little thing on the side about the song facts. And they say, the song became the first debut song in Billboard history to, de- to, be- <laughs> to debut at number one. And she also became the first woman since Debbie Gibson to have a number one song that she wrote, produced, and recorded on her own. There you go, Debbie Gibson, you guys. Yeah, we mean, also got to name check Debbie Gibson yeah. on this Lauren Hill episode. Uh, Lauren Hill, she's from uh, Orange County, New Jersey. Uh, fun fact. She went to uh, Zach Braff's bar mitzvah. Fun fact. Because uh, he's also from Orange Hill. They went to high school together. Uh, so, Wow. That's an story. interesting class. Uh, <laughs> am I getting that right? Is it Orange? It's a part of it's South Orange, New Jersey. South Orange. Yeah. Which uh, also is, I think, Kevin Spacey is from South oh, Orange. Oh, there you go. South Orange, New Jersey. Uh, she was an actress. She She's in Sister Act 2, actually. She is the only good thing about Sister Act 2. <laughs> she was on As the World Turns. Uh, and she was in the Fugees, making her yes. one of the artists that has appeared twice on the beatdown, yeah. uh, doing vocals in the Fugees. Uh, she released this record in 1998, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Uh, barring the skits which I didn't like skits at the time. Uh, It is a perfect damn record. And this is kind of the cornerstone of that album. Uh, This particular song, it was definitely the biggest hit. Has that killer video that she recorded before and after she got pregnant. So like half of it, she's recording um, not pregnant. The other half, she is pregnant. Yeah, it's kind of a, um, it's also uh, a a generational thing. Like there, like one, one side is recorded in the the sixties and then reflecting life in the, you know, nineties. So yes. it's it, it kind of has that um, mirrored life image, which is really cool. And, uh, you know, now 25 years later, uh, as I'm talking, it's dawning on me that she might not actually be pregnant in that second half. Uh, but, you know, hey, we're just going to keep rolling through. <laughs> uh, this song is, you know, it's 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 kind of her talking. She was very Afrocentric in this period of her career. There's a great moment where Eminem, there's a video you can find where Eminem said, hey, I love your record. And she said, that record's not for white people, which I think to say to Eminem, is kind of like the most 90s 90s moment yeah. um, came out in this, this song is from 98 uh, and this is uh, she was speaking to she said her African American uh, brothers and sisters talking about how um, you you should take care of yourself and that there are dangerous people out there that only want quote unquote that thing uh, but there's also what I love about this song is not only is it saying like be careful of the people out there that only want in this 
sex we're all grown-ups uh <laughs> except for our one nine-year-old listener uh you know except for the the there are people out there that only want sex from you and she is she's you know not only not only is she warning you against that but she's also kind of saying like you're worth more than that and there's a lot yeah. i mean there's too many lyrics in the song to really read here mm-hmm. but she's really saying like one be careful of this because you are worth more than that and you should own your independence but there's also some really I don't want to say brave, but it's she's also saying like you got to own your shit because the whole first verse is like you slept with him and he didn't call you back. Don't do that again. Like I think kind of the beauty of this song is not only is she saying like, you know, you're beautiful and you should be independent and you should know how much you're worth but she's also saying and you made mistakes in the past don't do that again. <laughs> like own yeah. your shit and don't make those mistakes again. I I think the song is like lyrically I think it's on point. I mean there's so many great lines in this. What's where she talks about uh uh she's telling you not to try to be a rock when you really are a gem. Yeah. It's a great line. Uh she warns about the men who are more concerned with his rims and his tims than his women. She's like when I when mm-hmm. I say it it sounds like an old white man saying it. Yes. When she says it it sounds like freaking Confucius. Yeah. Um and you've just got that music, that perfect synthesis of of 50 style doo-wop and some those great harmonies right up through like this is you this is just a thread running through african-american music in america Mm -hmm. and it's just perfect and it just runs right until 1998 like it just hits exactly those two moments and it and it picks up doo-wop and it picks up classic r&b and it picks up some great hip hop from from the early 90s and then like just lands smack dab in 98 and it just crushes the song is so good so i can't say enough songs enough nice things about do up that thing by lauren hill i'm gonna throw this over to ed ed uh what do you think about this song i really like i feel like there's like lessons in here that you say this is from the 90s obviously but it's like there's still lessons that 30 nearly 30 years well the yeah, from 1990 till now, it's nearly mm-hmm. 30 years. Nearly 30 years later, <laughs> we still need to get the. We still have not got the message. Respect is the minimum. <laughs> like so, uh, I mean, I I must admit I'm not too keen on the style of this. Like I I want a big I want more of a melody, but that's just like that's a personal failing. Um, but I think the message the message. She's just solid. I think you're. I think this was a bold direction to go with independence. So yes, solid. All so around. let me ask you though, because like to me, the melody and the hook is magic. Like I get yeah. that hook stuck in my head all day long, and I love how simple it is. I mean, there's not a lot going to it. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of you know. It, it kind of just circles around, but I think the magic is in the simplicity and then the layers that are coming into it, the doo-ops going behind Mm -hmm. the many levels of harmony going into that hook. I think that it is magic. I mean, you're right. Like the, the, the verses are just beds for her to rap over, but I think that the hooks are pretty great. Do you disagree? Do you think the melodies in the hook aren't as strong? I've I've learned this via Gaga that (laughs) I really love when people like elongate words and just like just like just like like just live in live in that word for like a maybe a beat too long for some people and and lauren hill is not giving me the 
a beat too long. She's like, she's too in and out of the of it. Yeah, no, this is funk. Like, this is hitting it on the one every time. And lyrically, it is a dense, dense song. I mean, I love, I love this album. Like, (laughs) I, 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 you know, I'm like, oh, I was so frustrated when you picked this. I was like, it's actually kind of perfect on so many levels. And I love her voice, and I love the sampling of the Fifth Dimension song. So I mean, like, yeah, I don't, I don't have any problem with any of the music in it. I feel like that kind of adds that lingering note that maybe you're missing in the lyrics but I just I think it's fantastic and I love that yeah like what she's saying is kind of timeless and unfortunately still needs to be reiterated all these years later probably you know could have been you know it it, it could have been a cover of a song from even 30 years before that but the way that she delivers the, the 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 lyrics and the message is just it is it's it is like what would you call her you, uh it, it, i forget what you said you like like a guru like basically oh, yes, i yes, forget yes. what you referred to her confucius as. <laughs> confucius <thank you. laughs> but it was just i don't even hear the things i say <laughs> <laughs> there are times do you listen to this back <laughs> oh yeah i'll listen i'll play it back yeah um <laughs> so i i can't say anything bad about this this is i this is a fantastic song on a fantastic album and there you yeah, go yeah that's it well that is I got nothing <laughs> that is my pick this week do up wow that is my pick this week do up that thing by lauren hill uh we're gonna put the names in the randomizer we got ed we got jen let's see who's coming up next ed or jen it is jen it's jen, jen. What do you got this week for our songs about independence beatdown? Well, it's kind of funny that you started off by talk, asking us about, you know, when we found our musical independence, you know, when we kind of like broke out on our own and what kind of, you know, stuck with us. And um, because this song is actually, it's it's from the late 80s. Uh, it's from an Australian um uh, Australian. Australian. Oh my gosh, I didn't know. Yeah, idea. yeah. Australian um, alternative rock, or, you know, I think initially when they started out, it was probably classified as more psychedelic rock, would have maybe been, um, you know, almost classified in, in 88 as, uh, you know, new wave, but it didn't quite have the synth, the, you know, like it, 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 it differentiated itself and became more alternative, I guess, at that point. Um, so this is a song. That uh, from an album which I fell in love with when I was in college, and in, and again this is like now I'm buying my own music for me, not just to have like all the cool cassettes hanging, you know, stacked on my shelf or in my car like everybody else. You know, like we all had the same cassette carrier with all the same <laughs> dozen cassette tapes, and if we were this, if we were smart, we all would have had twelve different ones and like, like multiplied our musical catalog exponentially. But um, so this is uh, this is actually uh, a song from the church, and the song is called "Reptile."
So again, this is uh, Reptile by The Church, and this is probably their most popular album, I would say, in the in the U.S., which Starfish came out in 88. Um, I just love this song. From the second it starts off, that, that, that really simple twangy guitar riff, and then like that driving beat that just keeps it going. I mean, it's a five-minute song that basically repeats itself in the middle. But, like It just basically takes like this little orchestral break and then starts up all over again um but this sound the energy in this it just it spoke to me and i loved it i loved that it wasn't um it was it was a, a dangerous love song it was about a, a very unhealthy relationship and basically you know getting to that point where you need to free yourself of this toxicity and you know like independence you know, everybody looks at independence as a good thing, but it's also a scary thing. And, you know, if you're in a relationship for so long, you know, sometimes it's all you know, and it's it's a scary, you know, point to be where you're like now saying, okay, I need to, I need to step away. And um, so I just, I loved that aspect of it. Uh, it was, you know, kind of, you know, haunting and, and uh, not really melancholy. I wouldn't call it that because that was something I would typically go for, but um so yeah, like from the from the the, the first li- lyrics, too dangerous to keep, too feeble to let go, and you want to bite the hand. Should have stopped this long ago. And it's just like, you know, it's like you you're literally physically shaking off this toxic person in your life and and getting away from them. Um, it also has some very strong biblical references. You know, the last lyric is, uh, or the last chorus. Um, and uh, let's see. And I should have believed Eve. She said we had a blow. She was the apple of my eye. It wasn't long ago. And, you know, the song is about a reptile, you know, the whole imagery of Garden of Eden and so forth. But it just, to me, it's about, you know, getting to a point where independence is going to be the only thing that will save you. You know, you have to, you know, breaking free from this this negativity, even if it's you know, tempting and comfortable and enticing, but just having the strength to uh, to to walk away. It's interesting. It's I mostly I know the church from uh, Under the Milky Way. Right, that was also on this album. Great song. Yeah, yes. no, Starfish is. It is, a, is yeah, magic. Uh, Starfish is a great record um, from 1988. I'm curious your thoughts about this because I can't tell reading the lyrics of this song. I can't tell if the narrator, the person mm-hmm. singing the song, are they the one getting away from a toxic relationship or are they the like kicking someone out of a toxic because the hook goes go now you've been set free another month or so you'll be poisoning me with your lovely smile 
I see you slither away with your skin in your tail, your flickering <laughs> tongue. tongue, and your rattling scales like a real reptile. I think it's the person who is severing the relationship. Like to me, yeah, the the it's the voice of a person who is seeking their independence by letting somebody else go. Interesting, interesting. So like it, it's one of those it's one of those relationships where it's kind of like uh I don't really have to kick you out of my life. I just have to like let myself I just have to let go of you. Like mm-hmm. I'm the one that is is unable to let go. Yeah. Interesting. I mean interesting. that's that's how I took it. But I do I love this song. So part of the reason I I came to this is, you know, we were uh at, at Josh's family's um house last weekend and a bunch of us sitting around josh was playing guitar and he played under the milky way and it made me start to miss the music that i listened to back then mm. and when i came across this i thought oh you know what i really like this this will be a good a good fit for the theme it's a great song i always thought of the church as like a that it's funny you say psychedelic rock man and mm-hmm. i looked him up on wikipedia and it says like psychedelic rock post-punk mm-hmm. you know in that kind of yeah. like like I, I always thought of them as like the the dark new wave band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they were kind of like if Duran Duran like was on a downer. If they were a little edgier, maybe. <laughs> yeah, totally. But no, yeah. apparently they, they consider themselves much more of like a post-punk and that almost like Blondie tradition. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of interesting. Ed, what'd you think of this song? This is Reptile by the Church. In unsurprising fashion, um, I've like, I heard under the the Milky Way once, but I didn't even know the artist. Mm-hmm. So this is my first experience to the church. Aww, there you go. <laughs> so I was just like, I was, I, I'm actually surprised. Like the song's so long and the lyrics are so short. Mm-hmm. I'm, very, I'm very perplexed by this whole thing. <laughs> they were yeah. very proggy in that way. They yeah. had very few lyrics and very long songs. And there was usually a keyboard solo in the middle that yeah. sounded like another instrument. Well, yeah, I mean, like, you, you literally get halfway through the song and it gets into this sort of, like, slow-mo, trippy uh, musical interlude, and then the song <laughs> just starts over again, literally from that, like, that opening guitar riff. It's yeah. it's pretty awesome. What do you think this is, like, the beginning of shoegaze? Or or where does that fit in in this in the timeline? Oh. I mean, this song is '88. Shoegaze. I mean, shoegaze is kind of a mid '90s phenomenon uh, coming out of the Britpop phenomenon. I mean, uh, yeah, because shoegaze was very '90s. Uh, you know, you're you're on the right track. I do think this kind of. Th- this is on the way to that. Uh, I, I I can see where like the kids, you know, I, my buddy Valentine probably heard this record because you can hear a lot of that mm-hmm. distortion in here and a lot of the um, uh, kind of slow guitar, like repetitive right. guitars. Right. This is not a slow guitar riff the way that they would have done. But yeah. uh, that's an interesting. Ed, what do you know about shoegaze? I'm curious. That I I don't know much. I'm I'm like looking. At, I'm on Wikipedia. I'm like. Wizard rock, shoegazing, sadcore, riot girl, noise pop. I'm like, what is going on with these subgenres <laughs> that I don't even understand? Pagan rock? What is that? The only one I'm recognizing out of here is like pop punk. Is the only- I guess I guess I guess I hear dream pop and I think I know what that sounds like, but I don't even. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't put the church in it as a dream pop band unless they changed in the 90s and became more dreamy. I never thought of them as that. But I do see that the, on Wikipedia they're listed as that being one of their genres. Well, I mean, even you span decades, I'm sure your musical style 
evolves. Yeah, I mean, I had no <laughs> idea. We're looking at you, you two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, try evolving once. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait. You mono, two... the mono. Can I say that? No, wow. <laughs> um, no, you two evolved for one record. It was called Octung Baby, and it was amazing. It was and then I really like Joshua Tree. Arguably like, two records. Yeah. After Zuropa was also kind of mm-hmm. a, uh, an evolution. And then they were like, let's not do that anymore. Let's cash some chips. <laughs> let's go back to making money. Like, come on, Mysterious Ways. I'll defend that record. Octane Baby is a great record. Well, that is Jennifer's pick this week. Reptile by the Church. Last but not least, let's turn it over to Ed. Ed, what did you bring for these songs about Independence Beatdown? What, what I think is interesting about how the, the randomizer chose our life today is, like, you have <laughs> the the sexual freedom from Josh's. And I feel like there's, like, there's like sexual and religious freedom going on in Jen's. And now I'm bringing the religious uh, freedom rejection of Tyler Glenn's trash to the table. Stop with a bang with solid synth pop melodies. He's the he's the former and possibly current still lead singer of uh, I'm blanking of Neon Trees, which I didn't, which like when it, when uh, my boyfriend introduced me to Tyler Glenn, I didn't quite. I was like, why do I? Why does this? He seems so familiar. And then when he's <laughs> like Neon Trees, I'm like, oh yes, that is so obvious. Uh, Trash is is like a fun song about being unholy. So let's let's listen to it. Yeah. I just love the way this song bludgeons you with religious <laughs> metaphors unrelentingly. It's just like religious metaphor, religious metaphor, religious metaphor. Like, do you get it? Like, I don't know. I, I, like, I, I don't know. I just, I just love it. It's like, it's like uh, in the same way that DNA just goes there with the, with the, with all the science talk from Little Mix. Like, I just love when a song just like. I am doing this and it is happening and here it is. So, 
Well, this is really interesting. I mean, Tyler Glenn, who's really had kind of an awakening or I don't know, but that might not be the right word, but kind of a change in the last few years. Neon Trees, I don't know how public it was, but were a Mormon band and formed in Provo. And then a couple years ago, Tyler Glenn, who came out of the closet, left the Mormon church and, and really kind of reinvented his style. Um, I, I've always appreciated his voice. I've always, I mean, he has a really, a really kind of synth poppy rock commitment to everything he's saying uh this is very you ed this song this kind of synth pop in the uh bridges the distorted bass you know not it, it, i mean it's certainly not yeah uh, I, was thinking, I was thinking when you heard this song dubstep. you're like yeah Ed picked this song. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Like you, ha- you love the distorted bass, and you love the synth pop in the bridge, and and uh, uh, the very the the very simple hook, the the one man's trash is another man's treasure hook, uh, is is pretty memorable. Uh, yeah, no, this is this is fun. I I, I I I like this song. I got a kick out of it, Jennifer. Yeah, I actually never heard it um, until today. And um, I do, I like it. I keep waiting it to like for it to really like kick in though, because it's 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 got that you know that cool beat and it goes and it goes and it goes. And I keep waiting for like something like crazy, really dynamic to happen. But um, it, it, yes, I I heard the song and I was like, oh, this is this is totally Ed. Uh, and it's it's it is a cool it's a cool song. Yeah, if you have an opportunity to read through the lyrics, um, and. F- for me, like I mean, yes, I see the the you can't ignore the uh, the religious overtones, but um, to me, it was sort of like finding independence from being uh, abandoned. Hmm. Or I mean, well, I mean, yeah, like seriously, I mean, he's he's basically calling him out. Basically, you know, you know, I. I may not be, you know, I'm your trash, but I'm somebody else's treasure. So, oh, interesting. interesting. I mean, that's how I'm taking. That, that, that makes that makes sense because I mean, the album's excommunication. Ah, like, like, yeah. like I'm, I'm, ah. I'm, but I'm another person's treasure. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, that makes sense now with the, um, you know, the, you know, the the the, the background in the church and everything like that. But, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a cool song. It's a cool song. I mean, it's definitely. I think it takes a couple of listens. It's not the. It's not the music that I gravitate toward. But I wouldn't. You know, I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna like. You know, change the station if it comes up. So let me ask you, Ed. Uh, I know you're not. I know you don't listen to. Um, or listen. I know you don't watch. Uh, Todd in the Shadows. But I'm a big fan of Todd in the Shadows, the YouTuber that reviews pop songs. And he was talking about uh, the the most recent Chainsmokers single, uh, the one that they did with uh, um, Coldplay. And he had said... One of the things he's noticed is it seems like in popular music, we have we we used to want a hook. We used to all be obsessed with the melody of the hook, where it seems like in modern music, at least in this moment, popular music and what's getting played on the radio is less about the hook and more about the drop. It's all about that big moment just before you get into... I guess what where the hook would be but it's always kind of a big techno drop and then you end up with kind of like some kind of a sing-along you know like like what was it in uh this is what you came for there's kind of like a yodel part you know there's always like some kind of a yodel or some kind of like vocal repetition that everybody can jump around to I mean I think the I think the drop is just an alternative medley med, melody 
that is just like replacing the vocals. But theoretically, you could kind of like sing along to it, as I do. <laughs> um, unfortunately, something just like this, Smoker's discography, is like one of their more indefensible songs. It's just like. <laughs> Like I like I'm like I'm on Wikipedia right now. So it's like, how the f did this go platinum? <laughs> like I don't even I don't even understand. <laughs> now you like, can't like, defend that song. The only good thing about that song is when Coldplay actually comes in at the end of the song, and there's like some cool guitar work. But like, like no, it, that's a terrible. It makes, song. It, it makes Coldplay's collaboration with Avicii seem like a masterpiece. <laughs> that's what that's what something just like this does. Well, then uh, in the uh, Todd in the Shadows video, he points out how it's exactly the same melody and backbeat as two other Chainsmokers songs. <laughs> he's like, wow, they're they're not only ripping off house music, they're ripping off themselves. <laughs> they're not even trying. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, why try when they're just they're just printing money? Yeah, they're like. <laughs> I don't understand. They love for that seven band. times platinum. Ugh, I, I hate that I, song. Like, like closer, I feel like I feel like closer is their most defensible song. I mean, if you have to, st- I suppose. Like, I just I dislike you, Halsey so uh, much. I feel like I feel like it comes down to closer or hashtag selfie as the defensible song. Of All right, the- I, okay, then I'll take closer if you're gonna make me choose. <laughs> Uh, rest, rest are bad. Like I, I mean, not bad, but like oh, maybe don't let me down. Maybe. <laughs> well, uh, before we leave this topic, uh, one last fun fact about Tyler Glenn that I didn't know: he's uh, currently, uh, I, or he records with a a rotating supergroup called the Band of Merrymakers, uh, which is head up by Sam Hollander and Kevin Griffin of Better Than Ezra, and they record Christmas songs, original Christmas songs. Uh, this supergroup also. Has the vocal styles of Christina Perry, Mark McGrath, Natasha Bedingfield, Michael Fitzpatrick from Fitz and the Tantrums, oh <laughs> uh, members of God. Lady Annabellum, Al City, BB Rexa, Nick Hexum from The Eleven. How have we never heard of this? Wow. Andrew McMahon? That is quite the dude the from gr- Lifehouse? Like, were what they, is happening? Were they all in a bar and accidentally bumped into each other? Like, Dan how did these people and get. Lisa Loeb are on this Aww. record. Dan Wilson. This is hilarious. I think that's what. It, I think Kevin Griffin is just calling people he knows. And he's like. He I, orchestrated this crazy dinner party. <laughs> I was like, hey, now that I have you all here. That's what that, that's You're how Meatloaf wrote uh, uh, Hang Cool Teddy Bear was he just like he said they rented a house and just invited people to it and it was just like anybody they could get to the house and like yeah. over the course of a month just they recorded a song with wow. that's an interesting technique but that is a huge diverse group of what can you name drop the group name again oh the the band is they're called the Band of Merrymakers and they did an album in 2004 14 or 15 called welcome to our christmas party oh well we're definitely adding something from this to our christmas spectacular oh, yes, this no. year i cannot wait i'm <laughs> disappointed it's july um okay well that is never too late never <laughs> that too is soon. ed's pick for this week um tyler glenn's trash uh let's go around the circle one more time and you uh, can take your turn to tell the listeners one last time why they should vote for your song and crown you the winner uh therefore you will get all the votes and everyone else will have to listen to not songs about independence they'll only be able to listen to those songs from the 50s that are like i love my man and i'll do anything he tells me to do um there's actually some of those songs are not terrible even if they're not particularly woke is the word uh my my pick this week uh 
was of course do up that thing by Ms. Lauren Hill. I don't really even have to sell this song, you guys. Uh. You heard that song, and just the fact that I mentioned it to you, you just again got it stuck in your head. That thing, that thing, that thing. It's the first time and last time I'm ever gonna sing on the show. Uh, it is so good, <laughs> and you just. This song just makes me happy. Yeah. It just makes you happy. You heard this song and you just immediately started bouncing. Uh, uh, duh, duh, yeah, yeah. The second and last time I'm going to sing dun, on the show. Dun. That is my pick. I, I think you should just vote for that thing by Miss Lauren Hill. Uh, Jennifer, let's turn it over to you. Why should people vote for Reptile by the church? Well, I mean, you, sure, you could vote for Lauren Hill, that thing, that thing. Or you could vote for something that uh a little bit more a little more edgy a little more driving a little more you know gets you fired up um a song that has lyrics that were described as something that are both fascinating and disgusting <laughs> a song that uh peaked at number 27 on the u.s hot mainstream rock tracks in 88 um uh also a song that was uh described as a chorus as being rushing guitars that were epic and melancholic I mean, come on. I'm, so I'm, I'm actually letting somebody else write my defense here. But this song is fantastic. Again, from the the initial, uh, you know, guitar licks, it just kind of like gets you going. The little, uh, you know, the little tambourine there, kind of getting the rep, getting the the sound of like reptile scales under your skin, uh, and just basically setting seeking independence from an emotionally disturbing relationship. There you go. That's awesome. That's yeah. Jennifer's pick this week, Fun Reptile song. by the Church. Let's turn it over to Ed. Ed, one last time. Why should people vote for your song, Trash, by Tyler Glenn? Two ends. You, uh, you all know that vocoders sell records in 2017. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just a fact. So you need to vote for Trash by Tyler Glenn. Like, that's just that's just what's happening. It's unfortunate <laughs> that all of history has been thrown out for vocoders in terms of for bgvs but that's just what's and i, I love how when you said <laughs> that your connection was a little strained and it sounded like you were synthing your voice <laughs> at the same yes. time yes so exactly true. sounded like a vote you got like a little max headroom <laughs> thing going on there well now dear listeners it is up to you to vote for which of our songs is the best song about independence that you heard this week you can vote on twitter by tweeting us at beatdownpod and online at beatdownpodcast.podbean.com beatdownpodcast beatdownpodcast.podbean.com go there and you will find a poll to vote for your favorite song that you heard on the show this week you can also email me at beatdownpodcast at gmail.com and find us on twitter at beatdownpod and on facebook at <laughs> beatdownpodcast um Next week, we will be back to discuss disco. Yeah. Jennifer's very I'm excited really about excited. Jennifer yes. loves her some disco. I do. Very, not sure what I'll bring to that. I, I, hmm. it's, it's one of my weaknesses. And maybe I'll bring some Casey and there's, that's not even, they're not even really a uh, disco band. Well, they, they're like, like a, a disco according to, according to Google, Billie Jean is a disco song, which I'm mm. very skeptical No, about. but like, but it's, don't stop till you get enough is a disco song. Yes, it and is. Now, now we're talking. All right, no, 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 no pre-campaigning here. Come on, people. All right, before we go, Jennifer, would you like to tell people where they can find you on the social medias? I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Jenny B Creative, J E N N I, the letter B Creative. And Ed, where could people find you if they want to talk about Big Brother? 
Uh, at Edward Giordano. <laughs> um, honestly, I don't know. I've been tweeting less. I may. I need to. I need to do something about that. Mm. I never tweet, dude. Don't even worry about it. Uh, it's mostly well, occasionally. Uh, you can find me at Josh Burnell. B U R N E L L. Uh, mostly these days, I just talk about the Bachelorette. Um, if I talk <laughs> at all, I talk about the Bachelorette. Are you Are you guys surviving without Bachelor in Paradise? It's coming back. It'll be weird to see what it is. Canceled. No, they yeah, they was... ended up finding no fault in the show and, and saying she's that dropping. Was wrong. Yeah. Any... Yeah. Everybody's kind of going. Everybody's back to backing corners. down. Yeah. So that, so it is back into production. You know what? The one thing is Wells. They're bringing back Wells from uh, from JoJo's season. Wow. And he's going to be the new bartender, I think, because Jorge probably asked for more money. And so Wells is going to be the bartender and give people. He life was the advice. nice guy, right? Jorge was like. No, 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 no. I oh, know. Wells. Oh yeah, Wells was the best. He was he's actually kind radio of DJ. normal. Yeah. Like, no, he was. Super he was normal. way too level-headed not too into self-promotion well i mean i follow yeah. him on instagram oh, uh, but okay. <laughs> never mind he has a dog named carl really really awesome looking dog named all carl right. drives a lot of motorcycles look i'm a fan all right so anyway josh has a problem <laughs> for, for josh jen and ed this has been the beat down we'll talk to y'all next week how does, Good night. How, does there, how does one win bachelor in paradise like, I'm no one wins <laughs> nobody wins you get out without an std Actually, uh, there have been two marriages out of Bachelor in Paradise, so I guess that's how you win. Jane Tanner got married, yeah. and Evan and Carly got married. Yeah, I don't so. understand this show. I don't understand these shows. Like, no. like I need a cash prize at the end, or something, or a recording contract, or even the appearance <laughs> of a recording contract looking at you, the voice. No. So it's like, what a, like, like whatever, something. Yeah, nobody wins, Ed. No, nobody wins in The Bachelor. <laughs> Okay. Good night, everyone. <laughs> good night. Have a good night. Bye. Beat is a production of us and is recorded in the office attached to our garage. Our theme song is Optimism by the Numbers by Brian Lerner and used with his permission. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. It helps others find the show. The music clips we discuss in this podcast are used in compliance with the U.S. Copyright Act, fair use exemption for criticism and comment. If you want to listen to the songs we talked about this week in their entirety, visit us on Twitter at BeatdownPod, online at BeatdownPodcast.com, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BeatdownPodcast.